the book of James says that faith apart from works is dead. We know that Abraham was justified by his faith. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, he had faith, and it was counted to him as righteousness. But the thing is, we wouldn't know much about Abraham's faith if he didn't also take steps of obedience. Abraham did things, he did works that prove that he had faith. He proved that he had faith when he walked up on that mountain with his son and was willing to sacrifice him. He proved that he had faith when he left his home in Ur of the Chaldeans and traveled all the way to the land of Canaan. And Abraham is going to prove that he has faith today by making a land purchase. So as we read today, I want you to consider if you have faith in the Lord, how does your faith come out in your words and in your actions? The things you say and the things you do today, how is your faith shown? Does your faith have works that flow out of it? I'm so glad that you have joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, let's just stop and take a minute and review where we are in the book of Genesis before we start. The book of Genesis starts out with the beginnings of the world, the creation of all of the world and the creation of the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. And God had told them to fill the earth and subdue it to have dominion over the, all of the creatures. Well, as you remember, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned by eating from the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil. The one thing they were commanded not to do, they did. And there was a curse that happened. A curse on Adam, a curse on Eve, and a curse on the serpent. And God said to the serpent that there would be an offspring of Eve who would one day crush his head. The serpent would bruise his heel, but this offspring would crush his head. So in some ways, as we go through the Old Testament, we're always looking for who is this offspring? Who is this offspring? And we've read on this podcast, a little bit of the New Testament, we've read the book of Matthew, and so we've actually met that offspring. But in the Old Testament, they didn't know his name yet. He hadn't come, he hadn't been born, he hadn't died for their sins yet, so they didn't see the end of the story fully yet. So as we continue to walk through the book of Genesis, we looked at the the children of Eve and thought, maybe, maybe this is the one, maybe this is the offspring, and they weren't. Then the world becomes quite wicked and God destroys all of humanity with a global catastrophic worldwide flood. But he saves Noah and his three sons and their wives. So eight people on that boat. And we think maybe Noah is the offspring or maybe one of his children is the offspring, but they are not. We walk through the descendants of Noah all the way to the Tower of Babel. People are once again wicked and disobey God's commandment to multiply on the earth and fill the earth. And they try to not multiply on the earth and instead build this huge um, tower. God confuses their language. And then we get to Abraham. Abraham is about 350 years after the flood. And God makes a covenant with him. And we think maybe Abraham's the one. But he is not the one. We discovered that in a previous episode. 
Um, but God has made this covenant with Abraham that he will give him this promised land of Canaan, that he will multiply Abraham's offspring beyond what Abraham can number, beyond the stars of heaven. He'll make of him a great nation, and he also has promised that all of the families of the earth will be blessed through Abraham's offspring. And then we finally meet Abraham and Sarah's offspring, who is this miraculous child born to them in their very old age when it's impossible for them to actually have children. God shows up and Sarah has a child when she is about 90 years old, Isaac. So once again, we can wonder if this baby Isaac, maybe he is the offspring. These promises will flow through Isaac. So perhaps all of the families of the earth will be blessed because of Isaac. Perhaps he is this one we will find out and that brings us to where we are today in our last episode God had tested Abraham by having him go up on Mount Moriah and sacrifice his son this child the promise who everything was riding on but God shows up on Mount Moriah and brings about a ram for Abraham to sacrifice as a substitution for his son so we see this epic story that points us forward to the story of Christ one day. And Abraham comes down off of that mountain and he goes back to Beersheba where he had this well where Sarah was waiting for him. Beersheba is kind of where they've planted their roots a little bit. And Abraham is going to get some news. That's where we pick up our story today. Abraham hears some news about his extended family. Um, So let's just review who his family was. Abraham had two brothers. He had Nahor and Haran. And Haran had some children, among whom were Lot, Abraham's nephew, who we've heard a lot about. And then there was also a daughter named Milcah. Milcah married her uncle, Nahor, which I know seems really weird to us. But during this time period, that was common occurrence because there weren't, frankly, there weren't that many people on the world. So... It wasn't forbidden for them to marry closer relatives like aunts or uncles. So Abraham hears news of Milcah and Nahor and the children that they have had together. And among those is a little picture of what's coming next. We hear the name Rebecca mentioned. And we're going to hear much more about Rebecca in future stories in the book of Genesis. And then we're going to hear about what happens with Sarah. And Abraham is going to make a a purchase of a piece of property. And just for context, um, they're going to sit at the city gates with this man named Ebron. And that's where transactions like that would have taken place during this time period. So the men would have sat at the city gate and they would have bargained over things like this. And that's what we're seeing in our story today is kind of they're going to go back and forth and they're going to talk about giving this land away but they're not really trying to give it away they're trying to bargain over the price and they do set a pretty high price on this piece of land so let's dig in we are in genesis chapter 22 and we're starting at verse 20 so find that in your bible genesis chapter 22 verse 20 here we go Now after these things it was told to Abraham, Behold, Milcah has also borne children to your brother Nahor, as his firstborn, as his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Hesed, Hazo, 
Hildesh, Jidlath, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Milka bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Reuma, bore Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Makkah. Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land, and he said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as property for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me, I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, But if you will hear me, I give the price of the field. Accept it from me that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham listened to Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron in Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, in the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area, was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we just read. We started out and we find out who Rebecca is, right? She is kind of the niece of Abraham, born from his brother. And we're going to encounter her a little bit later on. So she's kind of important. And then we hear about Sarah's death. She lived 127 years, so to a ripe old age. And Abraham is very sad about this. He loved his wife. Clearly, he mourns for her and he wants to find a place to bury her. So he goes to these um, these Canaanites, or these Hittites, and he's talking to them about burying his wife. And they offer, you can have any of our tombs, but Abraham doesn't want to just put his 
wife in someone else's tomb. No, no, he wants to make a land purchase. And so that's what he's doing. And he negotiates over this cave um, that belongs to a man named Ephron. And he negotiates, and Ephron's like, well, you, you could have it. And no, Abraham doesn't want to have it. He wants to own it. He wants to purchase it. Well, why would you want to purchase this? It's only worth 400 shekels. And Abraham takes the hint and he gives him 400 shekels for this land and the cave that's in it so he can bury Sarah. Well, why is this story so important in the Bible? Why do we hear about this land purchase? What does it matter? If you remember, part of the covenant that God made with Abraham was that this promised land would belong to his descendants as a possession forever. So what is Abraham doing here? He's making this purchase in faith that God's promises are true. Abraham is very old. If his wife here died at 127 years, that means Abraham is 137 years. So this land is not really for him to enjoy. He's he's going to die soon anyway. This land is for future generations, clearly. So we see that Abraham expects that God will fulfill his covenant to his children. And so he's making this purchase so that no one later on can say, I gave that land to Abraham. No, no. Abraham bought this land fair and square based on his faith in the promises of God. All right, let's look at our memory verse. We've been in Psalm 96 for quite a while here, and we're working on verses 9 and 10, which say, Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. I'm so glad that you joined me on Audacious Arrows. We'll see you next time where we'll meet Rebecca and find out who she is.